It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Welcome to Lighthouse Faith Podcast, where we are moving forward in truth and love. I'm Lauren Green, Chief Religion Correspondent for Fox News Channel and author of the book, Lighthouse Faith. Well, I'm here at NRB again, and you can hear a lot of the ambient noise around here in this room where a lot of folks are here. It's the National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Orlando, Florida. Uh, It's NRB 2023. It's the largest gathering of mostly Christian media in the world. It's streaming, it's TV, it's radio, it's podcasting, it's all of these things. Um, and I'm introducing a lot of people to uh, a lot of the Lighthouse Faith audience to new people, some people that they know. But, you know, one of the heavy hitters, and I know he doesn't like me to call him a heavy hitter, is uh, Stephen Strang, because he is a best selling author and he's founder of Charisma Magazine. And his new book out is um, Spirit Led Living in an Upside Down World. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Does that describe what's going on today? But what, what, what was the motivation? First of all, welcome to. White House Faith Podcast. Well, thank you. I always enjoy being with you. And if, if your listeners have not read Lighthouse Faith, they need to. I I did a podcast with you about it a year or so ago, and I read it, and it was a very moving story. Oh, um, thank you so much. Thank you. So I hope I said that like you told me to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank you very much. Your book is basically about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the third member of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And why did you write about the Holy Spirit? Well, you mentioned Charisma Magazine. And in the very first issue, we used the motto, the magazine about spirit-led living. Mm-hmm. So without having any kind of grand branding scheme or anything, I've, I've used that terminology because I believe, first of all, you know, I know you have a lot of listeners, some of whom are believers, many of whom aren't. But I believe that the spiritual realm is, as, is more real than the physical realm that we all are familiar with. Right, right. And we understand different things about the spiritual realm, but different people understand different things depending on their background or whatever. But we don't really understand it as well as we should. And I believe, and in fact it's the first line of the book, is that the Christian life is not difficult, it's, it's impossible without the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. I don't even believe that someone can come to believe in Christ without the power of the Holy Spirit. And when, as, we, as Christians, we believe that Jesus died, was resurrected, and ascended into heaven. And he told his disciples, who were very discouraged and afraid, that he would send them a helper, and they should tarry until the helper came. And so they tarried until what we call the day of Pentecost, which the Jews call Shavuot, and something happened. Something miraculous happened. We believe that the Holy Spirit was outpoured, and it was the birth of the church. It was in 33 AD, so in just 10 years, we will celebrate the 2000th birth of the church, the day of Pentecost. Peter preached. This man who just a few days before had denied Christ three mm, times. Right. And several thousand people believed there were people from all over the world the story is in the book of acts and so that was the holy spirit and the holy spirit has 
empowers us to know God, to commune with God, to be able to overcome the enemy, to be able to overcome the problems we have in life. And so this has been imp important since day one. It seems somehow that it's more important now because the world is upside down. Now, interestingly, the term upside down world is in the book of Acts by a person who was warning people to not let the Christians teach because these were the people who turned the world upside down. <laughs> so, you know, in a matter of a generation, they had turned upside down the world, which was a pagan world. It was the Roman Empire, which was equally as bad as the bad players that we have today, you know, the communists and, and right. North and Korea it, and so forth. It's very interesting how... A society can accept something is right that the Bible says is wrong. And, and they, not accepting it, but believing it and believing it as the right thing. I mean, Isaiah talks about, woe to those who, who, who call evil good and good evil. I mean, this is... And that's happening. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that evil has been called good for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. uh, because people who want to do evil, they're going to say it's okay. But well, you justify it somehow. Exactly so. But what seems to be new is that good is called evil. So things that as a culture, we would have just thought it was good to save life. It was good to kind of go through life in the, you know, what we would now call the traditional way and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. We have people who say that if you want to save life, which I call being anti-abortion, right. or if you want to... If you want to say that marriage between a man and a woman is a good thing, they want to say that you're a terrible person, yeah. that you're promoting hate somehow because you're not being inclusive. I mean, who would have thought that children would be, little boys would be taught that it's possible for them to become girls or vice versa? But yet we are seeing this. Thankfully, it's not that widespread yet. But the fact that, that, that it's being affirmed by the law, by many legal move maneuverings that's what's very interesting different today that it was not just some people who were doing it but that the law now is stepping in the civil authorities are stepping in and saying this is right and you can't say it's not right you know yes that you know in my opinion it's not been totally codified into law mm -hmm, mm -hmm. although this um you know this recent bill that biden passed about marriage um, what was it called? <laughs> it, it overruled the defense of marriage law. There are probably things in it that can be interpreted that way. Yeah. I think that we're starting to see the pendulum swing in the other way where people are standing up. Right. right. I think the transgender movement probably is the one that is, is, is tipping it because, okay, we understand that people do have same-sex attraction and that that might be something that we'll have to look at. But the fact that you can say someone can just decide that they're a male or female, depending on how they feel, that doesn't seem right, but it's not scientific at itself. And where they can't even say what a woman is. Yeah. A Supreme Court justice. That's what's very scary. A Supreme Court justice not understanding what a woman is. And, and that a man... Listen, part of the problem with that feminists have stood up against is that men have been abusing women for centuries. So here you have men 
dressing up as women, calling themselves women, oppressing the women who they're competing against in sports. It's one more example of men oppressing women. And um, I was watching some, I've been fascinated by this, you know, partly because of my role as a journalist. And some of these debates, in one of the debates, the woman who was taking this transgender, they were twisting her into pretzels, and she wouldn't even admit that only female chickens could lay eggs. I mean, common sense is out the window. Yeah. Common sense is out the window. This is why we call it the upside-down world. Now, do I deal with it in the book? Of course. That's one of the reasons I wrote it. I sense a lot of people are frustrated. They, I'm talking about people who tr are trying to follow the Lord, who are trying to live a life of faith. They feel beat up. They feel discouraged. They feel like the other side is winning. They live mediocre lives. They don't realize that the power of the Holy Spirit can help them survive. So I write this as a journalist. I'm not a theologian. I've never been a pastor, but I just write. This is what the Bible says in these different areas and we can have life and have it more abundantly and we can overcome these problems and and not only that but we can have backbone to stand up we're, what we're finding is is when we stand up to these and I'll, I'll just say transgender bullies because that's what we've been talking about and that's been what's in the news when we stand up against them we usually win yeah you know you, you've been a journalist for what 40 years we're we talking about a little more than little that. 40 years yeah you know, if I I count since high school, does that count? Sure, why not? You know, I considered myself a student journalist back then. Absolutely. So it's well over 50 years. Well over 50, okay, well over 50. You don't look a day over 20, so. Yeah. <laughs> but and when is your cataract surgery? <laughs> the world of business moves fast. Stay on top of it with the Fox Business Rundown every Monday and Friday. Listen to the Fox Business Rundown starting May 20th at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. The one thing that's interesting, though, because the Holy Spirit, we can talk about the Holy Spirit as a, as a member of the Trinity, but one of the, you and I are Christians, and we accept the Trinity as something, you know, one 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 being in three three persons. We understand that, but it's really hard to wrap our heads around it when you actually think about it. And I think it's dip, more difficult for people who who don't understand it. Was it you've got three gods? No, no, it's one God and three persons, and it's hard to understand the role of the Holy Spirit. What is the role of the Holy Spirit in the Trinity of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit helps us to understand God, commune with God. Uh, it's what gives us wisdom, discernment. Um, you know, the Apostle Paul talks about praying in the Spirit, that, our, that the Holy Spirit actually prays through us when we don't even know what to pray. Some of this has to be taken by faith. How it's hard to get your mind around how a creator of the universe could create everything in, a, in an instant of time, mm -hmm. or that the God of the universe could visit man in the form of Jesus. But, you know, the Holy Spirit also helps us to believe that one of the gifts of the Spirit is the gift of faith. Yeah. And faith is believing. But if you can understand the spiritual realm, it's more real. I said that a minute ago. The natural realm, everything that we see will someday be totally gone. Now, it may be thousands, of, I mean, gone. 
we don't know when, but right, when right. you're talking about eternity, but our spirits are going to live forever. Well, and this is this is an interesting thing because I think what we see um, are contingent things or contingent beings, contingent on what has come before, and that's how you know a theologian will explain the existence of God that everything is contingent until you get to a point where there's got to be a non-contingent being. One of the things that the Spirit tells me is that people understand that when they see things on stage, they understand that there's these big burly men somewhere backstage, up above, or computerized, operating lighting and scenery and set, and that's going on behind stage to bring you the show that you're seeing on stage. Now, to me, the Holy Spirit is kind of like that in our real world. You're not going to see the movement that's happening to create what we've got. But they're there, creating this in the same way you see something on stage. It doesn't just appear. There are forces behind the stage that are creating it. That, to me, is that's the Holy Spirit. a very good word picture. And another word picture, and one I use in the book, Spirit-Led Living in an Upside-Down World, is... Uh, I heard a well-known preacher one time say this, and I just remembered it. He said that if you wear scuba gear, it doesn't keep you from getting wet. But it allows you to take what you need for life, which is oxygen, into a hostile environment that would kill you. And mm. in, a, in a way, in the upside-down world, how do you exist without the Holy Spirit? And the Holy Spirit was called pneuma, which means breath, and in fact, some people say that, you know, as you pray and believe, you can kind of breathe in the Holy Spirit and breathe out and unbelief. I remember that Bill Bright of Camp's Crusade used to use that kind of word picture. All these are attempts, Lauren, is where human beings, it's hard for us to understand, and so we find ways to try to understand. I have used the example about the Internet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. We all use the internet and we text, you know, we can text message on the other side of the world and get an answer back in a second or two. Well, how does that work? Right. Someone right. said that it's zeros and ones. And I know that there's something about Wi Fi and I know they use cell towers, but we don't really understand that. And we, that's kind of like the spirit realm. But we, we don't go around doubting the internet because we don't understand it we just use it and likewise the Holy Spirit empowers us draws us to God I believe that people are hungry for more of God yes and the more of God is being filled with the Holy Spirit people use different languages they may understand it a little bit different to me it's the normative Christian life that you know, maybe it's almost like health. Mm -hmm. Most of us are good. Some people have like really bad health. You know, how do you kind of get healthy? Maybe right, it's getting right. healthy spiritually. And that's why I wrote the book, to, in, to encourage people to um, pro, uh, provide hope that maybe their lives can be better. You know, we can have a relationship with the living God through the power of the Holy Spirit regardless of what they're saying on the news or which political party is in, or if China is a threat or not, 
yes, we have to live in the world, and I also believe that, I, I kind of referred to it a second ago, that we need to have power to even be strong enough to have a backbone to stand up to some of this stuff. So it's it's not one thing or another, and by writing about different topics and chapters, I'm a magazine journalist, so I kind of write like that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of standalone topics. I try to take the the reader through. I even talk about uh, deliverance from demonic oppression. I talk about trials. Everyone's going to have trials. I mean, even people that have wonderful lives have loved ones who die, uh, experience frustration in their jobs or their marriages or whatever. Well, how do we get through this? We get through it by the Holy Spirit empowering us to have faith, to believe, to go on. You know, some people give up. Some right. people give up right. so much they end up taking their own lives. I mean, you know, we know this kind of thing. How so, do you tap into the Holy Spirit, to the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, in order to get over those Well, first trials of in all, life? we pray. Mm-hmm. Prayer is conversation with God. Mm-hmm. And you ha- we ask God. We ask God to fill us. You have to want it. And you say, Holy Spirit, fill me. And the Holy Spirit will do that. Now, Pentecostals, and my background is as Pentecostal, we believe that you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some people may not even understand that terminology. It's, and, you know, there's all kinds of history and different movements that have interpreted things. You know, that we believe, first of all, in salvation, that a person has to accept Jesus and repent of their sins and it's not just being born into a Christian family or even as I believe in infant baptism mm-hmm. so you accept Jesus but there's more than that and the more is the Holy Spirit uh, I think that uh, John Wesley called it a second work of grace you know he, he talked about his heart being strangely warmed and that's how people respond emotionally to the Holy Spirit but it's not just a one-time experience. It's a steady walk. So it's, it's praying, it's believing, it's communing with God. Some people call it having a prayer language. I think that that's a beautiful way to say it. It's a way to pray. And uh, St. Paul would have said that you pray, your spirit prays when your understanding isn't even aware and possible to pray. I like that. I mean, yeah. there are people who recite prayers, and there's probably a place for that. Mm-hmm. But how much more to commune with the living God and p- pouring out, you know, uh, when we have a real problem, we need to talk to God about it. Right. But right. prayer is more than just listing all of our problems and then saying amen and walking away. We need to be able to commune with God, have the Holy Spirit speak to us, to encourage us, to uh, illuminate us. One of the gifts of the Spirit is wisdom, is discerning of spirits, discerning between right and wrong, having the gift of faith, all of these things, and I write about them in the book. I'm not the first person to write about it. There are many good books on the Holy Spirit, but there's a lot of good books on faith, but the Lord gave you a certain insight and and, and the, the imagery of a lighthouse and all that kind of stuff and for a lot of people that would spark it spark something inside them and illuminate them i believe that's the holy spirit at work 
All I'm trying to do is explain it in a way that people can understand, and I hope it makes them hungry for more of God. Absolutely, absolutely. I want you to comment just lastly on something that we hear in the news all the time, and I know you've probably written on it, and I know you've probably have heard it when, when we've got these horrible events, tragic events, and people offer their thoughts and prayers, and many people disdain that thinking, well, why don't you do something about it? Why don't you do something concrete, thoughts and prayers? Don't give me your thoughts and prayers. Give me, you know, gun control or something like that. What do you, what do you, what's your reaction to that? Well, I think it's terrible. Mm -hmm. um, and what do they call it? A straw man? They throw something up so they can hit it down. I mean, if, if my good friend loses a loved one in a tragic accident and they're absolutely heartbroken not only for the loss but the suddenness and I go up and put my arm around them I'm give, I'm showing them love mm -hmm. why don't I do something for them why don't I give them money so they bury them or something I mean no, sometimes just loving someone is wonderful and when we say thoughts and prayers we're we're loving the person from a distance often people we don't know and, and in a way, in our secular culture, which for many people has almost become like a secular religion, mm -hmm. it's at least an acknowledgement that we pray. Isn't it interesting that people don't want to pray? When there's a problem, they'll pray. And then they say thoughts because you're at least thinking of them. You know, it's being nice. What's wrong with being nice? We um, There's so much hatred and division and everything else. No, we need to think and pray. And don't we believe, if we believe in God, don't we believe that God can be a comforter? You know, God didn't, did not say we'd have perfect lives, and, and death is part of life. Yeah. We can't get away from us. Everybody we love will die one day, and we will die one day. And in that instance, don't we want people to pray for us? The Bible would use the word intercession, which means we intercede on their behalf. God be with them. Give them grace to go through this. Make them strong. Help them not to go into a downward spiral right. or whatever. That is a wonderful thing. And shame on those people. Um, I know you just kind of made up that example that we talk about gun control at a time like that. In fact, if anything, what we ought to be talking about is why did these people become so troubled Maybe if they had been raised in the church to believe to God, in God and be given values, etc., 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 this whole thing would have never happened. And, I mean, we're speculating when we talk about that, but it ought to be a part of the national debate. Yeah. yeah. You know, even with some of the violence with the young people, they don't need to blame guns. They need to, they need to blame the fact that these children are, are raised with no thought for authority. At least when their father's in the home, there was some kind of authority and there was some kind of, of a governor on their, on their actions. Now, there has been violence and horrible things. I mean, even look in the Bible, the apostle, uh, I'm sorry, King David with some of his children who killed other children. And, right, you right. Know, I mean, this is not just our generation. Exactly. Of course, there are so many examples of this. But I was just interested by the one example, and you're absolutely right. We see it and hear it all the time. But thank God that at least in that um, environment, they're saying prayer. 
like it's okay to pray when there's <laughs> right right they, we ought to be talking about it all the time um but it's so odd that it actually becomes sometime becomes news i remember when um donald trump held up the bible remember when they burned that building across from the right i actually had the bbc do an interview with me believe it or not they asked me what i thought of it and i said well i wish all the presidents held up the bible what's wrong with holding up the bible <laughs> you know they were i guess they were criticizing him for having a photo op yeah um and maybe he shouldn't have but it's just to me it's just sad that in our culture doing anything christian i was I probably shouldn't have mentioned this being on your program, but I was interviewed once mm -hmm. and she was being critical of Trump and she was, you know, baiting me, I guess you say. And she was saying, doesn't your Bible say so-and-so about, you know, criticizing? I said, Allison, I'm so glad you're quoting the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she expected that response, but I just use that as, it is so odd to even t bring God or the Bible or prayer into the discussion. Hopefully, that will shift in our country. In fact, I heard, who was it, um, interviewing one of these pastors that was standing up at the school board about some of these books. I've not seen the books, but they're described as being pornographic to the extent that when he tried to read what it was to the school board, they asked him, please don't do it. <laughs> and he said, if somebody put a Bible in that library and encourage the children to read it. People on the other side would scream bloody murder. I mean, that is how bad things have gotten. Thankfully, we still have some freedoms. Thankfully, in homes and churches, we can still teach it. But you know, the fact is that a lot of Christians don't read the Bible regularly. They yeah. don't have their own quiet time. And I hope that my book encouraging people to walk by the Spirit, well, at least in our own lives, we don't need the government to do it, and we don't really need the, the media to do it. We need to do it in our own lives. We need to have a walk with God that is deep and substantial, not superficial. Well, the book is called Spirit-Led Living in an Upside-Down World, Stephen Strang. Thank you so much for being on Lighthouse Faith thank Podcast. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you. And um, thank you for listening to Lighthouse Faith Podcast. I'm Lauren Green, and have a blessed day. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. Amazon Prime members can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music app, or just hit the follow button on your favorite podcast player. The world of business moves fast. Stay on top of it with the Fox Business Rundown every Monday and Friday. Listen to the Fox Business Rundown starting May 20th at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.